it's wonderful to be back again, to see all your wonderful faces, and just to appreciate that this body that we're a part of is so loving and so kind and so caring towards us. You always save your, your hardest preach for the first one of the year. And so I haven't been here until now. So strap on your boots. I've got two scriptures I'm going to read and then we're going to start. So Isaiah 43 and verse 18, it says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And then Philippians 3 and verse 13, it says, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I really feel that this year is going to be a year that many of us have to make really important decisions. We're going to have to make decisions that we live out and through. But as we go into this year, I really believe, as I said, there are many of us that have got decisions to make that will affect the rest of our lives. And so uh, we need to continue. We cannot continue to live in the past, as we just read. We can't continue living in, in the back there where, where it's easy to blame bad behavior. Yo, my parents did this to me, so this is the way that I live. Easy to blame th those things. Um, an attitude, a bad attitude. Oh, those, I walked in this morning and Roland didn't greet me. It's, it's not how it should be. Well, my answer to you is, why didn't you come greet me? There's a lot more of you than there is of me. But bad attitudes, bad motives. You do things, maybe at work, so that you can be noticed, so that you can get ahead of others that are pushing ahead of you, that you can stand on someone's head and push them down so that you can get up. Bad motives. Selfishness. I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to tell anyone because it, it benefits me and no one else. Guys, these things I had to evaluate in my life this year, or last year. And there were things that I had to come up with, where in my marriage there are uh, things that I'm wrong, but I was blaming on bad motives. Yeah, my father did this, so I'm entitled to do this to my wife. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not entitled to do what my father did to my mother if it's not biblical. If he loved her, yes, then I can love her. But I cannot continue doing those things. Even COVID. How many of you are, are, are still blaming COVID for what happens in your life? I know Donnie is. Because all his stock and materials and everything still are struggling to find their way to him. But you know what? I've never seen a more positive guy than, than Donnie. Just, 
I put my head down. I just carry on working. When things start to happen, that's great. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to do everything I can do. We need to be those kind of people. We cannot blame things on our history. We can't continue, as we read that first scripture, looking over our shoulder and looking back all the time. Oh, those oaks fired me because they were horrible people and there was nothing wrong with me. You know what? Maybe they were horrible people and maybe they did fire you in an incorrect manner. But so what? Leave it behind and move forward and move on. Why is this? Because our identity is not in our history, but in our future. And it is in the, pres- in the present. We, we can't live in the future. We, need to, we can look forward to the future, but we've got to live in the present. What is going on now? I would like to say, even I'll change that word and say, the presence of God. That we're moving and we're walking and we're having our being with Jesus Christ on a daily basis. As we commune through His Holy Spirit. And we, we, we're looking, Lord, what do you want? Let me tell you, when God speaks to you, He doesn't make mistakes. Sometimes they're hard decisions, but they're not bad decisions. God doesn't make good decisions. He makes God decisions. So we need to get our identity out of the fact of what Christ is doing and what He's doing in our life in the present time. We can't continue to make our decisions for the future out of what happened behind us. People come to me and they say, oh, I've got this prophetic word. And I say, that's great. They say, it's like people come to you and they take the trophy off the top of the cupboard and they shine it up. And they say, wow, this is my prophetic word. And then when you finish discuss their prophetic word, they take it and they put it back on the shelf. Prophetic words are not for that, for standing on the shelf. They are, they are paving stones for you to walk in as you move into the future of what God has for you. They're not, they're not trophies, they are paving stones. We need to push ahead. And this morning, as, as uh, Johandre spoke about freedom, I almost forgot his name. I've forgotten my elders' names. <laughs> I'm just getting back to that. I, I want to tell you that they have made my leave a pleasure. They have done such a good job. Together with the leadership, they have done such a good job in terms of, of keeping this what can we call it, flock, this congregation, together and moving forward in what God has for them. When I, when I was going on leave, I was thinking like, whoa, two and a half months. Can this happen? And you know what? I've come back. There's life. There's uh, everything that we need to see in God is happening. My choices can't be determined by my past. There, there was an eldership year in the past that didn't go, do as good as it could have done. But I can't determine my future by that. I've got guys now 
that we can move into the future with. And I'm trusting that the, the pipeline for eldership is getting full and people are going to be popping out on the other side, deacons popping out on the other side. As, as this congregation grows, we, the, the leadership is not big enough to continue to, to work with this congregation if the leadership doesn't grow. The, if you go and read the word, it speaks about a wineskin. And it says, if the wineskin breaks, the wine will be lost I want to tell you the one skin is the authority structure. It's the elders, it's the deacons, it's the com leaders. The one is the Holy Spirit. If we don't contain what God has called us to contain, it will be lost. But you know what? Freedom, freedom always. I loved what Johandre first of all said. He said, the, well, let me tell you, for me, the word is the boundary lines. It's the boundary fence. If you break the word of God, you're going outside of the boundary fence, and there you're going to get into trouble. But God has given us a garden to play in. He says our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. He says that our, our inheritance is a spacious inheritance. So we have this uh, inheritance, we, we have this, these boundary lines that are in place to keep us safe, and we can play, we can, we, we can have fun inside of there. Can I, can I pop some people's bubble here? When you get married, you think there's only one person that's the right person. I think, maybe I'm wrong, that there are many right persons in those boundary lines. But once you make the commitment, that's the person for you. I don't believe there's that one. Oh, I'm waiting. Where's that? No, he's not that one. No. Let me tell you, there's one qualification I told my kids. I said to them, your wife needs to be born again. That is all. Serving God passionately. Then, it's, then you are able to marry them. Uh, Justine, I don't know how you married him. She couldn't help herself. Yo. But really, guys, we've got a spacious inheritance. But I want you to hear me clearly. Once you've made that commitment, that's it. Because if you break that commitment, you're stepping outside of the boundary line. Then you're in trouble. But freedom always includes, it always includes a change in the way that we speak and in the way that we act. I call it lips and lifestyle. Those two things have to change. Lips and lifestyle. They must change. Otherwise, there is no freedom. We know the story of Jesus. He says, if the guy builds his house, and in the nursery school we used to say, build your house on the sandy land. If you build your house on the sand that's got no foundations, when the storms come, those houses will fall down. And there, if you go to the beginning of that sort of parable, it's all about the fact that if you don't act out the words of Jesus Christ, not just hear them, 
Every Sunday we hear them. You leave here and there's no change. There's no adjustment. You're not free. You're not free. And freedom will always, and this word came through so often this morning, freedom will always result in repentance. Always result in repentance because as Andre said, you. What did Andre say? You. If you didn't laugh, that's okay. (laughs) But if there's no change of mind, first of all, and of action, there is no repentance. And in Acts 3.19 Verses 19 and 20, it says, Repent, therefore, and turn back. Remembering those scriptures that we started with, your sins, you miss the mark. The first thing is, sin is to miss the mark. I really believe that I know that I missed the mark with my youngest son. He's married to an unbeliever. He's not serving the Lord anymore. He was one of those that was in my quiver. I missed the mark. I pray for him on a regular basis, Patty and I. We trust in God that he will come back into a relationship, but we missed the mark. You wander from the law. You lose your way. Sin is to lose your way. Don't you find that sometimes you're in conflict, things are going on, you don't know what to do, and you actually lose your way, and you start making decisions that are not pleasing to God. You lose your way. So it says, repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. For me, what does a river symbolize? Refreshing. When you jump in a river, it's refreshing. It's freezing. It's getting out quickly again. But it's refreshing. I I can't handle this water in Cape Town. I used to surf when I lived in Natal. I can't get in this cold water. I must say, it is very refreshing, but. Then in 2 Chronicles 1 and 7 to 12, I'm not going to read that whole scripture. Maybe if you can just put it up, Connie. David has died, and God asked Solomon, what do you need to lead Israel? What do you need to lead Israel? Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge to make the right choices. And I believe that we have to ask God to make good decisions. God decisions. Sometimes good decisions, not God decisions. Sometimes we think what we decide is right without going to God first. And even though the... For instance, I've seen a, a, a person, they've had a really good job and they've come to me and said, hey... I can't come to this and I can't come to that. And I've said to them, listen, you need to have faith 
for a better job than what you've got now. You can't continue to live the way that you are and experience God's blessing. I know, I'm sure Luke won't mind me saying, Luke got to a place where he couldn't make the elders' meetings on time and things were difficult for him, and he came to a place where he said, no, this is going to change. And I didn't have to tell him. God must have spoken to him. But guys, sometimes we have to make decisions that in our natural thinking is crazy. We see, the first thing is we see Solomon in the presence of the Lord, asking the Lord, help me, give me wisdom, give me understanding. I want to ask you this year, how many of you have actually got into the place of God and asked Him for wisdom and understanding for this year? Maybe you're just hanging on by your fingernails. And God might be saying, let go. There was a saying once that you can't stand on the edge because you're taking up place. Jump. How many believe this year that you've experienced God's presence? You know what? It doesn't take a lot of time. If you do it on a regular basis, you can sit there and you say, hey, Lord, come, and the Lord's there. The Lord is there. The presence of God is there. Our motives, when we ask, need to be pure, not selfish. Not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of, of others. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. How's that word for, I'm going to divide this river. Half is going that side, and the other half is going this way. The intentions, the thoughts, God will divide. Something I felt strongly this year, because there are a lot of people in this congregation that are very prophetic, and God speaks to them. But I want to say to you, this year as we've read this, the Word of God Spend time here. You know what? Too often we, we're in that prophetic place and we jump outside of what God is wanting to say. I'm not, I'm not talking about the words this morning, but I'm, anything that jumps outside of what God is saying is wrong. Is wrong. We cannot go outside of God's word. I've heard prophetic words that are, when, when I was still a youngster and I was growing up, there was a guy called Ray McCauley. He was a well-known guy at a massive church up there in Johannesburg. 
And he went across to the UK to go and do a, a meeting on Christmas Day. They'd asked him. So he was sitting there, and he says, the next minute, this person jumps up and says, Yay, ye, yay, ye, says the Lord. Even I'm afraid. How's the Lord ever afraid? That's rubbish. That has to be addressed immediately in that place. People have had these things where people stand up and they begin to speak out and the, what they are saying is not right. As an eldership, we have a responsibility to actually bring government, to bring direction, to bring discipline. I don't like that one, but we have to do it. But we see Solomon here in 1 Kings 3. I don't know if you know the story starting from verse 16. These two ladies have babies, and the one baby dies. But the lady whose baby dies, while the other lady is sleeping, she swaps babies. So she's got the live baby, and the other one has the dead baby. And so they come to Solomon. What, what are you going to do now? But Solomon's been spending time in the presence of God. He's got understanding. He's got knowledge. He's got wisdom. So he listens to their whole story, and then he says to the guys that are with him, bring me a sword. They bring him a sword. He says, okay, hold that baby, one that side, one that side, I'm going to chop it in half. And as he goes like this, obviously the one whose baby it is says, no, 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 don't, don't chop that baby, give it to her rather. How's that for wisdom? She got her baby back. But you know what? Don't be too quick to give your opinion because people die. Spiritually, they die. Physically, they die. Emotionally, they die. Wrong decisions cause death. So don't give, don't give information out of a, in the past and now this is what we're going to live in the future. No, don't do that. So wisdom speaks of skill, Wisdom speaks of reasoning ability. Wisdom speaks of understanding. But the dominant thought in the book of Proverbs is holiness. Throughout the book, holiness is the word that is imprinted upon people's minds. The word fool in the Old Testament means someone who is morally lacking. I want to say, guys, that's an area in my life that I had to deal with. I told too many jokes that weren't appropriate. I said too many things that were inappropriate. And because of that, we caused people to die. They turn their backs on God and walk away. I want to tell you, if you're standing on the edge and you like to do what you, that causes people, stuff to happen and create stuff in people's life i'm asking you to take a step back take a step back forget that stuff don't go there any longer you know what it's very easy they're very sharp guys yeah and they they when somebody says something they can quickly say something else no stop that think say lord god my mind 
Guard my mind. Make me think. Help me to, to help others by having clean and pure thoughts. When I came to Josh Jen, that was 10 years ago, up from, from Benoni, where I actually led the church. When I came down, yeah, I, I, I used to joke with Patty all the time. You can see I do it now, but I don't go over the line anymore. But you know what? I came down here, and I thought I could continue to live the way that I did up there. But I came down here, and I ended up under a, a lead elder called Russell Fraser. Russell is probably one of the most conservative, high-value person that's in Josh Jen. And so he heard me speaking to Patty, and after about three months, he didn't leave it very long, after about three months, he, he said, hey, can we go out for lunch? So I said, yeah, let's go for lunch, Freebie. Get a free lunch. So we go out, and um, he sits there, and he says to me, Roland, can you see anything in my life that needs to change? So like, this is three months in Josh Jen. No, Russell, hey, it's a, he said, I've got this one thing I want to tell you. I was like, what? He said, you cannot continue to speak to Patty the way that you do. Yo, I was deflated. Eh? I was like, I've made mistakes along the way, but I really try not to. He actually needs to speak to Patty sometime. <laughs> James 3 and verse 13 to 18, it speaks about two types of wisdom. Wisdom that is demonic but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. So that's demonic if you carry on reading. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So there are two types of wisdom. First, the unspiritual wisdom, and I got into this one as well. Unspiritual wisdom, it looks at all the facts. Oh, these are the things that are, are not working, and these are the things that we need to make a decision about. And it comes to a wrong conclusion. Because a Spirit, unspiritual wisdom says Jesus' death was a tragedy. It says it was an injustice. It was wrong politically. How can this have happened? But this is unspiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom says Jesus was a sacrificial offering. Jesus was planned to die before the foundation of the earth. That's spiritual wisdom. Jesus came to die for you and I, guys. There was a moment when Jesus could have sinned. When he said, Father, can you not take this cup from me? 
And then he said, immediately, not my will, but your will. And then if you go to Hebrews, it says that Jesus was tempted in all ways. It also says he was taught obedience by suffering. Hebrews 5.8. For me, we mustn't even find ourselves in that place of going to maybe make a wrong decision. And you know what brings us to that place? When we've made wrong decisions in the past, we can find ourselves making another wrong decision. And so we have to change the way that we think. We have got to begin to live within the boundary lines. So, but you know what? If all this stuff that I'm, I'm throwing out there, you must be thinking, how can I do this stuff? It's difficult. I want to tell you that it's the Holy Spirit working in and through you that will enable you to do it. You won't be able to do it in your own strength. In Acts 4-7 it says, And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, the lame man has been healed in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be enabled by the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, guys, when you wake up in the morning, before you brush your teeth, ask God, say, Lord, I need your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Do you know why we say the Holy Spirit and we say Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit speaks about works that he makes. Holy Spirit speaks about relationship. So Holy Spirit, just come this morning. Come and bring change in me. Help me to look to what you have for me. My wife gave me this sentence, and I think it's really, we're going to finish with this. To live in the new, we need to forsake the old. To live in the new, we need to forsake the old. While, while I was on leave, our grandchildren spent quite a lot of time with us. And the youngest one, Misha, I was taking her for a walk. And there was, the, you know that concrete like drain that you have on the side of the road? Um, the little part that goes up, she was walking on there, but she couldn't walk on there. So I took her hand, and then she walked quite easily along there. And then I let her hand go, and she continued to walk. But as soon as she turned around to look back, she fell off. God will walk with us if we don't look back. God will walk with us if we don't look back. And this morning, I, I want to pray. I, I want to pray for those that feel they've been held back by the past. What am I talking about? your job situation, your marriage, your whatever the case may be, this morning, if you feel that it's holding you back, 
You're only fooling yourself if you don't respond to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is here right now for this to happen. If you're here this morning and you're feeling alone, I want you also to respond because the Holy Spirit wants to come and have fellowship with you. So this morning, I wonder if we could just close our eyes. If you have this morning and there are things from your past that are holding you back, that are continuing to cause you to look backwards over your shoulder, whatever that is, your work situation, your, your marriage, whatever it is, I want you this morning to stand. This morning, if you're here and you're feeling lonely, that you're on your own, I want you to stand as well. And I believe there are also those that have uh, allowed their past to hold them back from actually walking in relationship with Jesus. If you're in that place, I wonder if you could stick your hand up because we want to pray for you over there. Is there anyone like that this morning? You feel that your past is holding you back from what God has for you. That your relationship with Jesus Christ has been affected. Is there anyone like that? And you stick your hand up if you feel like that. I wonder if the, the guys around, the ladies and men that are standing up, I wonder if you could gather around them. And guys, if you're standing around them, I want you to lift your faith now. I want you to say, God, I'm trusting you to impact these people's lives as I stand with my hands on them. So, Father, I bring these people to you now in the name of Jesus Christ. And whatever the situation is, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon them in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would fill them to overflowing, that they would know they're not alone, that they would know they can stop looking behind and start looking forward. I pray for that, Lord. I pray for courage, Lord. I pray for courage that this year we will not look back, but we will look forward. I pray for courage, Lord, that we draw a line in the sand and say we will not go back past there any longer. We will not go back there any longer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are moving forward. Regardless of where we find ourselves, we are putting our foot forward, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.